Hey, next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning into this segment of the show featuring our good friend Rob Strano, who is the host of the Golf Kingdom TV show and one of the top instructors in the game. And thank you all so much for your support. The show is now ranked number two on the podcast magazine Hot 50 list for the month of July. So we've been right there at number two for June and July. I can't thank you all enough for your votes. You can do so daily by going online to podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50. Enjoy the segment. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade. Golf's an interesting game because the better you hit the ball, the fewer shots you have to hit. That means the better you hit the ball, the less golf you actually have to play. That's why TaylorMade made their all-new Stealth Irons. TaylorMade Stealth Irons feature a capback design with a 3D toe wrap designed to help deliver increased distance throughout the bag and more forgiveness on those occasional, or maybe not so occasional, less than perfect shots. The result? Better shots more often, so you get to have more fun more often. So if you're the kind of golfer who wants to play less golf more often, try the all-new Stealth Irons from TaylorMade, Beyond Driven. Okay, now back in making his 14th appearance with me. We had to get off that unlucky number 13. As one of the top instructors in the game and the host of the Golf Kingdom TV show, Rob Strano, you can watch the Golf Kingdom on Amazon Fire TV, Lab TV, Roku, and Rob's YouTube channel. Rob is from St. Louis, Missouri. As a junior player in the St. Louis district, he won the individual low stroke average trophy and individual total points trophy back in 1981. Played his college golf at Centenary College in Louisiana. He also played out on the PGA, Corn Ferry, and Hooters NGA tours for 15 years, and he won five times. Rob is annually recognized by U.S. kids as one of their top instructors. Plus, he is one of the few out there teaching the game of golf to deaf children. Rob has his Strano Golf Academy at Kelly Plantation in Destin, Florida. He is a great friend, and I'm honored to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Rob, thanks for coming back on the show. You know, I take umbrage with that last part, Chris. If I was truly a great friend, you would have gotten me off show 13 a lot sooner because I've been <laughs> stuck on show 13, and since then, I've had the hangnails, three flat tires, the shanks, hair loss, and my dog moved in with the neighbors. So hopefully, <laughs> as of tonight and show 14, things will start to turn around to get better. So thank you for your your humbleness and kindness and, and pulling you out of the dregs of being stuck on show 13. And I'm happy to be here for 14 with you, my friend. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have you as part of the show, my friend. Rob, I got to start by getting your thoughts on this week's Open Championship. It's a special one, being the 150th anniversary of the tournament. What are you looking forward to seeing this week? From what I've seen so far, Chris, the course is just playing fast and furious. Sam Burns, there was a video of him yesterday bouncing a golf ball on like the fourth fairway. He was throwing it down and catching it at about this above knee high. So the course is as fast as anybody's ever seen it. And it's just going to be fun to see the ball rolling, 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 both into good spots and potentially bad spots. And as you know, the old course is notorious for some very, very deep penal, deep-based bunkers. And boy, if you get in there, it can make your day long. To that point, Rob, some players were talking about the tournament turning into a wedge and putting contest. Since the weather forecast really only calls for rain on Friday, the other days, the rain chance is less than 25%, and the temperatures are going to be around 70 degrees with winds generally around 12 miles an hour. So your thoughts, 
Is that what the course has to do now? Is that the only defense St. Andrews has is to make it really be hard and fast so that the technology and how good these guys are don't really render the course defenseless? It might be, but what was, what was interesting, Tiger in his press conference said that he was playing, I think, the fourth hole, sixth hole, and had a wedge in. And he said, I, I couldn't get it close. He said, I, I couldn't get it close. Now, that doesn't mean he hit one ball and went, oh, I can't get this close. He probably hit four or five and looked at his caddy and said, dude, I can't get this close with a wedge. What are we going to do here? So I think there's ups and downs to it. And those gigantic greens, when you see greens that big, it's really hard to get your bearings on getting the ball close to the flag. When, when the flag can be on four one day and 80 the next day, well, it's like, how do you even prepare for something like that? When you look at your pin sheet and you see it's on 80 and 12 from the right, you know, you kind of go, what is that? Is that a misprint? There's <laughs> a lot of quirkiness to the old course. There's a lot of angles and ways to play it. And when you throw in firm and fast, where the ball can roll into some of those different angles you haven't prepared for, I think it presents the players with lots of options. And you've got the architects coming on. And what they try to do is present us with so many options that we picked the wrong one. And there's kind of the charm of the old course. Rob, everybody's all abuzz about Tiger being there. We didn't see him at the country club for the U.S. Open. He played in the J.P. McManus Pro-Am and really didn't play all that well. He shot 77-74. The hope is that the flat walk at St. Andrews will help him at least make it through all four rounds. What are your expectations for Tiger this week? I, I think, number one, yes. I think he actually said it was one of the things he was pointing for because it's the 150th playing of the Open Championship, and St. Andrews is, is pretty darn flat, so it's an easier walk on him. All that adds up to it. I think the firm and fast plays into him being there because he's got the mental capacity to deal with it, and it gives him the opportunity to play shots and not just bomb it high in the air, bomb it high in the air, and make putts. You, when it comes to being creative, he's the most creative guy we've seen in a long time. And that, that all of a sudden, when he starts painting with these brush strokes, and seeing all that stuff and playing, you know, it'd be fun to see him make the cut. It'd be even funner. Funner? There's a good word. It'd be even more <laughs> fun to see him hanging around late on TV on Sunday. And Rob, there's always so much focus and hype around Tiger that it's starting to feel like the tour has all its eggs in his basket and they're not going to know what to do one day when, when Tiger no longer wants to play or is able to play, whichever one of those things comes first. They, they don't do a really good job of promoting the young players that we have out there. I mean, it's like I say, it's all Tiger all the time. Even though Scotty Scheffler has won four times this year and he's now number one in the world, Sam Burns has won three times and played some really good golf this year. Patrick Cantley is the reigning FedEx Cup champion. No one's talking about those guys. We're, all we're talking about is the guy who's played seven rounds of golf this year and really none of them all that well. What happens whenever the time comes when Tiger is forced to move on or decides to move on, where does the tour go? Because I don't see their marketing machine promoting any of these other guys. Well, you're seeing them do it with Jordan and JT and, and Rory. Those those guys, Scheffler's in their latest ads. But the thing that, that puts Tiger front and foremost here is it's a major. He's won there 
you know, it blew everybody away. And then he's the Austin Powers of this event. He's the international man of mystery. <laughs> you don't know at what point he may have to check out of this thing. Every step of the way is analyzed. We're going to see every shot as we always have. And, and, and the, the hope is that he's there on the weekend. He's always moved the TV needle. And the hope is that on Sunday, he's in the last half a dozen 10 groups and that we might see something akin to Nicholas in 86. So, Rob, which players are you expecting to see at the top of the leaderboard come uh, Sunday afternoon? Well, I always pick a guy I think that's going to win, and then I pick someone that I think might be a dark horse to win. So I always pick a tongue-in-cheek one that's not really tongue-in-cheek, and I pick one that I think is the guy. Let's just go with the guy. I think Justin Thomas. He's been hanging out with Tiger, and he's been just asking Tiger every question about the old course. So if there's anybody that's walked this place and seen it and had Tiger tell him about little little nuances and hollows and humps and bumps and angles, JT's got a little insider trading information that could provide beneficial as the tournament goes on. And, of course, he's one of the top players and has been. Got a major under his belt, so his pressure tank is full. He won't see anything that makes him get nervy over a shot that he hasn't seen already this year. So. He's the guy, a guy that's been over there for a few weeks, Billy Horschel, just won at Memorial. He's been over there playing. He's got, you know, everything under his belt from having been there for a couple of weeks. Let's see if Billy can do it at the old course. I like his game, love his golf swing, and he might be the guy that all of a sudden you go, wow, it's Billy Horschel's turn to win a major. Here he comes. So, Rob, when Louis Eustacen won there at St. Andrews in 2010, his winning score was 16-under. Zach Johnson won it there in 2015. It was 15-under when he won. What do you think the winning score is going to be? Are we going to see it right around that 15-16-under? Do you think it's higher? Do you think it's lower? Well, what was interesting was one of the caddies said there were no less than 15 holes that they could reach in one. 15 holes. Five holes that they could reach in one. So if things stay as they are, you've got five holes where you can drive it up by the green. You know, you expect to birdie three of those four. So now all of a sudden effective par is 68. You know, you look at that, that's 16 under right there, and you haven't made any other birdies or, or a bogey or here or there. I, I think you're in the ballpark. I think if I'm pegging it up, I'm thinking I got to shoot a Louie number. And if I get a little bit past that, I got to feel good about it. Rob, let's switch gears a little bit. You're into season number four of the Golf Kingdom. For those who aren't familiar with your show, talk about what they're going to see when they start tuning in. Well, the Golf Kingdom basically is a golf instruction program unlike any other. It's, it's a variety show. We do skits. We do some great graphics with green screen and, and overlays and stuff to help make what we're trying to tell you to help your game memorable. I can stand up there and talk about how to fix a slice or how to fix a shank and demonstrate it and give you the drill to do. But if I do it with a memorable catchphrase or a song lyric or some sort of get-up that we've got on and it makes you remember it, we kind of tie it to that memory and it hauls itself along and you're able to translate the movement to something you remember and we get you going from there. But we have a lot of fun on the show. 
you know, one of the things that my favorite comment from our viewers is, you look like you're having fun, you make it fun, and I love watching it because of that. So speaking of it being like a variety show, talk about what are some of your favorite segments that you've put together so far this season? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, you know, our, our favorite segments are always our cold opens where we parody something. We've had uh, a cold open where they forgot to plug me in overnight, and my battery wears down as I'm opening the show, and they argue with who is supposed to plug me in, and they got to plug me in and recharge me. And, you know, we do all, we've done Indiana Jones parodies, and um, we just filmed one that's like The Office. We've done the ESPN Y2K where they did the Y2K test and everything blew up. Um, we've done all kinds of fun stuff there. Um, Instruction-wise, on the show, gosh, we've done so much stuff. It's hard to put it in the memory as to what we've done. We've got an all-white set where we do a lot of clever stuff. I have a suit that is half black, half white, that when I get in that and get on the all-white set, you're really able to see the body segments move clearly. That one's always a fan favorite that we've done. Um, the Golf Kingdom Library is a good one where we use the PGA Tour vault book which is an amazing book of images from the PGA Tour. And we, we green screen that, so the book is full screen behind me. Looks like I'm standing in the book and I'm talking about the image of Tiger at Impact or this bunker shot and how this image looks. Or we did one with Arnold Palmer and his finish. Um, that's, that's been one I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on because the images are so rich and they come through on the, on the green screen and have me standing on them. Looks really, really cool. Rob, I got a little glimpse under the tent about a really great guest that you have coming up, someone I've had the privilege of spending some time with here recently. Are you able to share who that is? We did uh, yesterday. We filmed, and uh, a good friend of mine, Michael Breed, was kind enough to come on and do a guest segment with us. And and I always joke, Mike Michael's a little bit like me, or a lot like me, actually. We're both wind-up toys. You wind us up, and we keep going like the Energizer Bunny. So. He's an easy interview. You, you come up with a couple of good questions and you let him go. And, and when I do guest interviews on my show, like when I had Colin Montgomery on, I sit down and I put a lot of thought into it because I want to ask questions that I want to ask questions that never been asked before. And so that's what I did with Michael. I went, okay, he gets asked all this stuff. I want to ask him stuff he's, he's not asked all the time. And we did that. And boy, we got going. And what was supposed to be an eight-minute segment ended up being 14 and we had a lot, of, a lot of fun. But, you know, I asked Colin Montgomery, I said, what's the best shot you've hit nobody knows about? And he said, the first shot I ever hit in the Ryder Cup. He said, I got up there and Bernard Longer was my partner. And he said, Monty, I'll go first. And he said he hit it so far left that the ball was, raped, was, was wrapped in bacon. His dog couldn't have found it. <laughs> and he said he got up there with his partner absolutely dead and just put one right down the middle of the fairway. He said, that's the best shot I've ever hit that nobody knows about. So same thing with Michael. We had a blast. We laughed. We carried on. We talked golf. And um, just, you know, we talked about things that he doesn't get asked a lot, which made it even more fun. Rob, I got to get your thoughts on this whole live golf thing. How do you feel about what we're seeing? And the rumors are that more players are going to head over to that tour after the Open is over and even more after the FedEx Cup playoffs are over. What are your thoughts about what's going on? I'm going to take your question and come back at you with questions, okay? Because 
the PGA Tour is getting hammered for their response, as is the DP World Tour and everybody responding. Even the RNA this week hammered for not inviting Norman to everything. Let me ask you a question, Chris. You ready? Sure. How much do you how much do you pay me to be on your show? Nothing. Nothing. Why do I come on your show? To promote what you're doing and just because we're friends, I'm sure. I come on your show because I love your show and I love Chris and I enjoy hanging out with you and doing this. It's, I don't care if we even talk about where I'm located or what I'm doing. I love talking about golf. I love golf. I, I love talking competitive golf. I come on your show to talk golf. That's the only reason. I, that's the only reason because I, I love Chris Piscaro. I come on because I love golf. Okay. So let me ask you this question. What if someone said they were going to pay all your guests $5 million and their goal was to take away your show and put you off the air forever? How would you respond to that? Yeah, not well. I promise you that. Not well. So everybody's criticizing the PJ Tour for their response. But Greg Norman has said his goal is to take away and just kill off the PJ Tour. He said his goal is to kill it. And I'm going to take all your players and I'm going to pay them. I'm going to take them. So remember, I'm Sicilian, Chris. I'm not <laughs> Italian. I'm Sicilian. <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard for me to walk by Ian Poulter's courtesy car and not let the air out of his tires or Kepka or Dustin Johnson. And you think I'm joking. I mean, it's going to be tough to not walk by it and leave them a little note on their windshield or say something to them. I'm Sicilian, okay? So uh-huh. the PJ Tour's response is logical. You, you're going to try to put us out of business and steal our players? Well, no, let me respond to that. Now, the whole DOJ antitrust thing, they're getting hammered on social media for that. The mistake everybody makes, I think, is this. They think the PJ Tour is making these decisions just off the cuff. Just in one second, we're going to respond to this. No one thinks they've got a, a legal panel of lawyers, some of the most high-priced, smartest legal guys on the planet, and they're not sitting around going, what can we legally do per our charter and our bylaws and our membership rule? Well, we can do this. If we do this, are we in legal jeopardy? Yes or no? Easy black and white answer. No. Okay, then that's on the table. We can do that. So my opinion is that they're behind closed doors with their attorneys for the tour going, what's our response to this? Because they're trying to, to kill off the PGA Tour. So as it relates to the LIV, I look at it this way. And I don't give a, I don't give a lot of weight to the Saudi thing. Everybody's on the Saudi thing, but they're not the only crappy country on the planet that's full of a bunch of bad people. So forget the Saudi thing. Here's my points on the LIV. One of the smallest books in the world is Best Friends of Greg Norman. So number one thing is Greg Norman's not a beloved character. Not at all. And his, his stated goal, like I just mentioned, was to get rid of the PGA Tour. He's been on that. Look for ways to do that numerous times. So he's the snidely whiplash of golf. So to, to get in bed with him, you're going, I don't, I don't mind getting in bed with the worst person on the planet or the worst person in golf. So the guys that have joined him really aren't the best guys in golf. 
You know, another small book, Best Friends of Kepka, DeChambeau, DJ, Kevin Na, Patrick Reed. Those guys are all loners, which is what the L in LIV stands for. Loners. <laughs> um, another point I want to make. Um, Graham McDowell said this. He said, I don't wake up and feel proud of myself every day. I knew what the consequences were going to be. I just didn't realize how heavy this was going to be hammered, trying to answer questions with our, which are unanswerable. Well, is that, you know, that's going to be the issue. You know, that's going to be a hammer to your brand because you're your brand as the tour player. You know, you're going to have to deal with that. Maybe you ought to go, you know what? No amount of money is worth dealing with that. I'm happy being Graham McDowell and having Nona Blue restaurant and people love going there. Now, I go to Nona Blue every time I'm at the TPC Sawgrass. I love their, their bone-in pork chop and mashed potatoes with the little applesauce on the side. Remember, I'm Sicilian. <laughs> Guess where I'm not eating anymore? Yeah, right. Nona Blue. I'm, I mean, I'm Sicilian. I'm mafia. It's hard for me to not hold a grudge. Uh, there's a lot of better restaurants that I can go find. So if I've got to answer questions about my brand and they're unanswerable, I, I don't want that. I'm going to play golf and have fun. Um, here's the last point, and this goes to being a player. The PGA Tour is a very small bus. It's 200 seats. That's it. You look at the stats, and there's like 200 players in the stats. That are, that are full time out there. Small bus. Players ask me all the time, how do you get on the PGA tour? And I say this. When it's time to take someone's seat, you have the courage to send a veteran home who's won the PGA tour and you take his seat on the bus and you say, sorry, it's my time. Here's what you've got going on right now, Chris. You've got guys willingly giving up their seat on the bus going, I'm just going to get off the bus now, and I may not be able to get back on. Or you've got guys like like Peter Uline and these, these college kids going, I'm going to avoid the PGA Tour bus. I'm not even going to try to get a seat on it, knowing I can't come back around and get a seat on it. The talent pool is deep. There's a thousand guys that could be the, the mid-level PGA Tour players and up. Maybe not stars, but they're the guys that'll win a couple times, win once, and have long careers out there. There's a lot of them, a couple of them. They just couldn't get that seat when they needed to. The, that that talent, I was one of those guys. That talent pool is deep, and now you're just getting off the bus. That to me is a gigantic mistake. So as a Sicilian. Looking two, three years down the road. Let's say this whole live thing falls apart. They lose interest, whatever. Is there a and road back for the guys that have gone? Fires. What's that? <laughs> Is there a road back for the guys that have gone over there? And if I'm the commissioner, no. You're out. You made your bed sleeping it. No. Not a chance. You turned your back on the tour and, you know, Pat Perez, it's about the money. I'm out of here. Good, Pat. Bye. See you. You won't be missed. Another another one of the guys that no one likes. And I've been around Pat. So no one likes Pat Perez. 
One of the most uncomfortable things. Did you see the video of the private jet going over there from I Portland? Did. Yes. Was Pat Perez dancing around by himself and everybody ignoring him? And we <laughs> we are the champions playing. If you remember what I said, everybody on that plane doesn't like each other. Some of them have lots of bad blood. And they're all yep. the same plane together. I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> so Rob, no, they're before, out. I, Rob, before I let you go, my friend, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with what's going on with the Golf Kingdom, with you, and follow you on social media as well? On social media, you know, if you, if you, go, if you uh, go out there on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook, the Golf Kingdom TV show is out there. Uh, a bunch of stuff is there. We have an app for the TV show. If you go to your app store and type in Golf Kingdom, you'll, you'll, excuse me, <coughs> you'll see the red logo for the Golf Kingdom. Download the app. There's a daily feed for me there. All the TV shows are there. The, the segments are broken down into a library where you can go look at on course, full swing, chipping, putting, um, course management, fun stuff. There's a bunch of great stuff there about the show along with some discounts for uh for downloading the amp the app um and then uh strano golf online for the uh the academy here in Destin, Florida. Rob, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. You always make this segment so much fun, my friend. I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again soon. Well I look forward to it. And you know what? Thanks for getting me off show thirteen. I'm already starting <laughs> to feel better. I can almost feel my hair growing back. <laughs> and the hangnails are gone. And I think, wait a second, I'm looking outside. Oh, look, my dog's coming back across the street. He's coming home. You, you, you've totally cured the 13th onto the 14th. Thank you so much, Chris. You bet, Rob. Take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Chris. See you, Rob. That is Rob Strano, S-T-R-A-N-O. Strano Golf is the website. He's got a lot of great content on there. You can find a lot more on YouTube, and then the Golf Kingdom is a lot of fun, folks. Uh, he, he sort of undersold it, I think. You know, not only is it a great show to watch and you're going to learn a bunch, like you said, it's uh, you're going to laugh a little bit uh, and you're going to learn a lot. So Rob is uh, just one of the most outstanding people that you get to meet in this life. And, uh, and clearly, I would not, if I was one of those live golf guys, I would not let you know which one of those courtesy cars is mine or where my uh, golf clubs were or anything else if Rob were around. So word to the wise, look out for Strano.